Welcome to the Seahawks Forever podcast, hosted by longtime Northwest sports journalist Dan Viennes. News, reaction, and opinion. In-depth analysis on everything Seahawks. And now, here's your host, Dan Viennes. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the show. I am Dan. And we're going to talk about one of my favorite subjects today. We're going to talk about quarterbacks. And it's because the league made some news this week. A couple of new rule changes that they kind of slid in on us. Uh, and we're going to cover those today and talk about how they affect, potentially affect the Seahawks moving forward. Uh, first, be sure to like this video and subscribe to the YouTube channel. It's the best way to support the show. Closing in little by little on a thousand subscriptions. Would love your help in getting there. You can see the little button at the bottom of the video. Just click on that and you're, uh, you're part of the community. Uh, first, some news since the last time we talked, of course, um, I mentioned on the last show that Tariq Woolen was not present on the first day of full squad OTAs, the first of nine workouts with the full team. Um, didn't think it was a big deal. Checked in with uh, someone in the know. They didn't think it was a big deal. And then it came out later that day or early the next morning, actually, that Tariq Woolen indeed injured his knee, apparently just walking on the practice field. Um, but it, it was it was so minor. They did it uh, arthroscopically. Uh, the team said it worked out as, as well as it possibly could have. And his timeline for return is four to six weeks. And so um, <laughs> I think our large lump in a lot of our throats when we first saw the breaking news from Adam Schefter that Tariq Wallen was having knee surgery, but four to six weeks. So that puts it at a late June, early July timeline. Training camp opens, uh, official date hasn't been announced yet, but usually third week around the 20th or so of July should give him plenty of time to come back. In the meantime, I don't think it's a big deal. Um, you know, obviously now that we know it's just a minor injury because it just gives some of those young corners more reps and it gives, uh, you know, Devin Witherspoon was going to get his reps anyway. Once they ramp him up to full speed, they've been taking it easy on him, but now it gives Mike Jackson, Trey Brown, Kobe Bryant, a lot more reps to kind of start that battle um, for who's going to be the third corner and, and who's going to back those guys up moving forward uh, reports that Kobe Bryant was working on the outside. Again, he played exclusively in the slot last year, uh, Played outside in college, so it's nice to see that kind of versatility. And then this lends a little more weight to the report that Artie Burns was signed on Monday. Um, you know, Burns is 28 years old now, the former first-round pick of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Can play both sides. Uh, you know, had some injury issues coming out of camp last year and then was overtaken by the play of the young guys and and never really made uh, much of a factor last year on the team. But someone that's familiar with the scheme and... Um, Initially, he was brought back, uh, brought over because Sean Desai was part of the staff last year, and he worked with him in Chicago on his second stop there. Apparently today, according to Seattle Sports 710, the plan was to they were going to re-sign Burns anyway. Um, but with uh, Woolen being out, it, um, it just kind of moved up that timeline. So doesn't seem to be a lot to worry about here uh, as far as Tariq Woolen. Let's get to uh, the subject of the day. Uh, first of all, one of the new rules that the NFL passed this week, um, and it, it just, it just seems to be a progression towards potentially, 
uh, a means to an end of, of maybe the league just wants to get rid of the kickoff altogether. You know, they're concerned about the high-speed collisions and the effect it has on injuries and, in particular, concussions. They've uh, made a number of rules changes over the last couple of years that it, that's basically taken the dynamic kick return out of the game. Uh, the new one will do so even more. Any team now that fair catches a kickoff inside the 25, the ball goes to the 25. Um, Andy Reid had some comments today about it. And and there are some who think that we will reach a point at some point where we just get rid of the kickoff and start at the 25. And I'm not so sure that I'm not there myself now. And one of the reasons plays into our biggest topic of discussion today, and that is roster usage. 53 spots. Teams carry players specifically for special teams. Seahawks do it all the time. They carry players that uh, might not be expected to contribute on the field much, if at all, during the season. Uh, they'll carry a six wide receiver sometimes. They'll carry an extra safety. Um, Jarek Reed is a guy this year, the six-round draft pick, who uh, looks to contribute primarily on special teams early in his career. Um, and, I mean, Nick Ballore has been rostered basically 90 9% for his special teams acumen. Uh, there have been other guys over the years. Uh, Nico Thorpe was primarily a special teams player unless there was an emergency at corner. Getting rid of the kickoff altogether at some point would just afford teams more versatility and, and, and the luxury of using those extra roster spots for other things. And one of those could be a third quarterback, a developmental quarterback. This is something... You know, you don't have to go back very far, I don't know, 15 years maybe, where carrying three quarterbacks on the roster was commonplace. I remember being a young Seahawk fan, and I would be uh, really excited. Again, I love quarterbacks, and I'd be really excited about the preseason because there would always be that third guy. And you knew that guy was going to be on the roster, so there was a chance he was going to develop. At one point, that guy was Dave Craig. At another, at another point, that guy was John Kitna, right? Look how their careers turned out. And yeah, there's the practice squad. And the Seahawks have always carried a quarterback on the practice squad. Uh, it was Alex Magoo, and then it was Jake Luton, and then it was Sean Mannion. Um, but those are not protected roster spots. Any other team can come along and as long as they put that, that player on their 53-man roster, they can poach a player from your practice squad. And so it's not a very secure position. Now, the Seahawks, as much as any team in the league, have had great fortune over the last 10, 12 years because their starting quarterbacks have been durable and reliable. Russell Wilson was an Iron Man. He would rarely get hurt, and when he did, he would play hurt, uh, except for the three games that he missed uh, his second to last season here. Geno Smith played every game last year, took every snap. Drew Locke didn't need to be called on. And the Seahawks do have a veteran backup in Drew Locke. And so the odds of needing that third quarterback are rare. But we saw it on a big stage under the spotlight in the NFC Championship game. San Francisco against Philadelphia. When the 49ers, when Brock Purdy got hurt on the first drive of the game, Josh Johnson came in, he got hurt. And they had to use Christian McCaffrey as an emergency quarterback. So here's how the rule is worded. 
Teams can designate an emergency quarterback on game day who does not count as a spot on the 53-man roster and can only be used if the first two quarterbacks get injured. And I didn't see the, the, the wording on this, but, but it would stand to reason that those injuries have to be confirmed by independent medical personnel on the sideline. That uh, you can't just say someone's hurt. You can fake injuries, I suppose, but we're not even going to get into that, right? Uh, but if the first two quarterbacks are either injured or disqualified, one of them's kicked out for some reason, um, then the third quarterback can be activated and put into the game. If, however, after that, one of the two quarterbacks that had to leave the game in the first place is deemed fit to return, he has to go back into the game and the emergency quarterback has to come out. It's not like the DH in baseball. If that quarterback gets hurt again, then the emergency quarterback can go out into the field. It sounds confusing. Um, and, and my first reaction to this was just create a 54th roster spot and require that it be a third quarterback. But, but that's look, teams have choices. Some teams do carry three quarterbacks. Um, the Seahawks one time carried two kickers for an entire season. Do we remember this? Um, and so team teams have the opportunity and it's, and it, it is so rare that this is going to come into play, but it just makes me wonder. And yes, again, for those of you that are fans of the show, that is Butch playing with his favorite ball toy in the background. He's usually sleeping and chill while I'm recording a show, but He's pretty fired up about this quarterback thing today. And so it just got me thinking of, you know, does this position, and, and again, I'm still a little bit unclear as to how protected this position is. I'm assuming it's still a practice squad spot. And so that would lend itself to a little bit of scheming on the part of other teams. If you're going into a game and you have two quarterbacks who are on the injury report and you're not sure... I suppose a team could come come along and try to poach that quarterback to leave you a little thinner. I'm not sure. It may be a protected spot. I have not yet been able to confirm that. If any of you have, have heard otherwise, throw it in the comments. Hit me up on Twitter at Seahawks Forever. So, but it just it just got me asking the question. And if you've watched the show long enough and you you listen to the show, you know that a lot of it is just me wondering how we're going to do this. And, and trying to look beyond the surface. Does it make a team like the Seahawks more inclined to go with a veteran third quarterback like the Baltimore Ravens just did? So they have Lamar Jackson. They have Tyler Huntley, right? Am I getting that name wrong? I get him mixed up with one of the other, with the Huntley that, was that Brett Huntley? Huntley that the Seahawks had for a little bit out of UCLA. Tyler Huntley, right? Out of Utah, off the top of my head. But they also just signed Josh Johnson, who has now played with 52 of the 32 NFL teams. Um, he had a couple moments a couple years ago, I think for the Cleveland Browns, came and played really well in a couple of games. I really wanted that guy so badly, a little side note here. I wanted him so badly to play well in that NFC Championship game and lead the 49ers to a win because I thought that would have capped off the third act of his Disney movie that's inevitable. 
I mean, that guy's persistent where he's been persistence, where he's been playing in other leagues, playing multiple times for the same team. Uh, it's incredible, but that's the way the Ravens have chosen to go. It appears. Um, there aren't a lot of those options out there. If, if that's what you think is available to the Seahawks, Carson Wentz, Nick Foles. Amazing to think both those guys are kind of washed up and, and, uh, and free agents after, you know, being a part of a Super Bowl in Philly. Teddy Bridgewater, still a free agent. I would think he's going to wait until an injury maybe happens in camp or a team that's unsure about their, their situation. He's not going to be interested in coming to a team that has two established veterans, right? So you're going to go with a young guy. And, and so I just want to, I know we've talked about one of these guys before, um, after he was signed an undrafted free agency, but I just want to kind of highlight some of the possibilities, um, because John Schneider has said over and over and over again, we've talked about this multiple times on the show, that he he learned in Green Bay that you draft a quarterback every year and that every year going into the draft, his intention is to draft a quarterback and it just hasn't fallen his way. And they've only drafted two quarterbacks in their history here. Um, and again, they didn't this year when a lot of people thought that they would, maybe even high in the draft. And we're going to be talking about this subject a lot as we look into next year's draft um, uh, because it's, it's a much more loaded draft. But they've never really put the effort into developing a quarterback, in part because during the Russell Wilson years, they just didn't feel like they needed to. Well, now, Geno Smith's on a three-year deal. It's a very favorable deal. It's a deal they can get out of after a year if things go awry, which I don't expect them to. But I think it's a, it's, a, it's a conversation worth having. And so there's a front runner here. And then there's a couple dark horse guys. I got a little tip this morning. Some news that hit Twitter uh, that I was sent in my, uh, in my DMs first. Um, but let's start with the obvious. Seahawks signed Holton Ehlers out of East Carolina in undrafted free agency. Little refresher experienced player, played five years at East Carolina, didn't transfer, didn't enter the portal, stayed at one school his whole career and played for five years, played in 55 games. Big dude, left-hander, 6'3", 230, prolific at East Carolina in that spread wide open system. 14,000 passing yards, 97 passing touchdowns, also a threat to run. 1,446 rushing yards and 25 touchdowns on the ground over his career. Um, not the most efficient quarterback, just a 61% completion rate. He has a long windup. Those things can be tightened up and fixed. Um, doesn't really have the strongest arm, but shows accuracy to all levels of the field. And just in some ways fits that Brock Purdy profile because... The thing that Brock Purdy had going for him and that I think more teams are starting to look at now and kind of go back and reassess how they evaluate quarterbacks is that he played a lot of football. Played at a higher level than East Carolina is at, at Iowa State. But played a lot of football. Seen a lot of things. Made a lot of calls. Read a lot of defenses. Brock Purdy doesn't have the strongest arm in the world. Doesn't have the perfect mechanics. And Holden Ehlers, by all accounts, at rookie minicamp, looked good. Pete Carroll really raved about him. So he's obviously the guy that's the front runner here. 
But just today, the C- news came out that um, that the Seahawks worked out a, a very intriguing young player as well. E.J. Perry started his career at Boston College, then went to Brown, so played at a very small school. 25 years old, 6'2", 210, signed with Jacksonville as an undrafted free agent two years ago. Played in 20 games at Brown. He's number two in school history in total offense, 63% completion, 6,000 yards, 45 touchdown passes. But the interesting thing about him is when he went to the Combine last year, 2022, he had the highest overall athletic score of all the QBs. Now, there's context here, right? Not the best or most athletic quarterback class of all time. We're talking Kenny Pickett, Sam Howell, Matt Corral, Malik Willis, uh, four six five in the 40, 1.55, 10 yard split, a 34 and a half inch vertical, actually played some basketball, appeared in two games for Brown as a basketball player too. We know how Pete Carroll loves his dual sport athletes, uh, 4.18 in the short shuttle, um, outstanding athlete has done some cool things. Seahawks had him in for a workout. No word yet on whether he's, uh, signed Seahawks. Roster stands at 90 right now. If they were to sign a guy like Perry, um, they would have to release somebody else. Um, Jack Cohn, the former Notre Dame player, uh, who uh, had a great Shrine game last year before the draft process, um, was invited to rookie minicamp, but uh, not signed, at least not officially, not as of yet. Uh Mentioned these guys pre- previously, Jake Luton, Sean Mannion, obviously have experience, have been on the practice squad here. Luton, uh, the former uh, well, the Washington resident and former Oregon State quarterback, and Mannion, who had experience in uh, that Rams offense, uh, spent, I think, a year on the Rams roster when Shane Waldron was there. Um, and then there's one other that I find to be an intriguing possibility. And it's the reason he shows up on the graphic. And you might wonder, hey, who's that guy in the Seahawks jersey? I mentioned the Seahawks have only drafted two quarterbacks in since John Schneider and Pete Carroll have been here. One was obviously Russell Wilson. The other one was Alex Magoo. Seventh round pick in 2018. He's bounced around, obviously. He's still just 27 years old. And I... When I started writing some notes today, it occurred to me that, hey, didn't he get a second chance with the Seahawks? And I had to confirm that. He did. So he spent his rookie year on the practice squad, and then the Seahawks wanted to bring him back again. They liked him enough, and he really showed some cool things in preseason his rookie year. In fact, I remember this one throw he made, uh, rolling to his right full speed and threw about a 30-yard dart uh, inside the five-yard line to a receiver who was... Um, stretching out of bounds. It was an absolutely uh, terrific NFL throw on the run. Uh, They wanted him back in 2019, but he signed with Jacksonville because he thought he'd have a better opportunity to crack the roster and maybe challenge for a spot there. Um, That didn't work out. Went to the Texans for a while and then came back in 2021 uh, for his second go-round with the Seahawks. Actually, at the end of 2020, He was on the practice squad uh, to finish out that season. And then the Seahawks signed him to a futures deal in 2021, but they waived him in August right before uh, roster cut down. He is now in the USFL. 
and Emery Hunt, who we've had on the show, draft draft expert from CBS Sports, uh, has said some really good things about the quality of play in the USFL. Um, he is the leading quarterback in the USFL so far this season. He's thrown for 1,100 yards, 12 touchdowns. That leads the league to only three interceptions. He's also rushed for 296 yards. That is the fourth highest rushing total in the USFL, and he's run for three touchdowns as well. I just, I, I just wonder. He's on, he's under contract now. With the USFL. He's not going to leave that opportunity where he's getting reps and he's putting film out there to go sign with an NFL team at this point. But I just wonder if the Seahawks might be interested, having no knowledge about how that relationship is, how things went the second time around, whether Magoo holds any animosity against the team for for cutting him a second time. Um, It's just, I find it interesting that he, I always love guys that stick with it, you know? For, for as much as I joke about Luis Perez and all the different leagues he's played in and uh, all the tryouts he's had in the NFL, you know, he's for him to stick around like he has and stick with it when they're not making that much money and he ends up winning a championship in the XFL this year. It's pretty cool. But Magoo was a, a guy that I really liked and thought had some skill and some upside. He's only 27 years old. Look, you don't have to look very far if you need to be convinced that just because these guys don't make it on the first go round doesn't mean they can't because Geno Smith is the poster child for that concept, right? Um, maybe Holton Naylor's comes to camp and he's lights out. And maybe they only bring three quarterbacks to camp. God, remember the days when they would always want to have five or six arms in camp? I just wonder if maybe the Seahawks will, will give another look to their old buddy and their second drafted quarterback under Snyder and Carroll and give Alex Magoo a look. Otherwise, at this point, as we talk today, unless they bring EJ Perry in, uh, it is Holton Ayler's job to lose that, that, that practice squad position. And that position now has more weight to it after this rule change where teams can have an emergency quarterback. Um, that's going to do it for today. Just wanted to kind of chew on that subject a little bit uh, and get you thinking. Tell me what you think. Uh, Do you have another guy out there that you think would be a great developmental third quarterback? Love to hear it. Thanks again for listening and viewing. Remember to subscribe to the YouTube channel so you're notified each and every time a new video is posted. And of course, subscribe on whichever podcast app you prefer for the audio version as well. Um, Among the guests coming up over the next couple of weeks, Rob Staten, is going to be joining me. It's been a while since I've talked to Rob and Kenneth Arthur of Seaside Joe. Been looking forward to this one for a while. Really interested to get his thoughts. Uh, I'll be back in a couple of days to give some week one impressions, kind of wrap up week one of OTAs and check in on who's standing out there. Some of the main storylines as they go into week two of OTAs. And it's seems like it's time for a listener Q&A show. So keep your eye out for that on Twitter. Follow me there at Seahawks forever. I'll be taking your questions and answering them in its own show later this week. Until then, this is the Seahawks Forever podcast, and I'm Dan. Talk to you soon.